everyone. Hope you guys are doing well and staying safe. Um, welcome to our first episode of our new podcast series. I'm Karina Kohli. I'm the founder of Baby Space. Um, to quickly introduce you to Baby Space, we're a health tech startup, and we're here to inform and guide you through your parenthood journey. We're here to destigmatize various subjects, answer your questions, and guide you through this difficult, confusing, but incredible journey in your life. Um, season one of our podcast series is going to be about destigmatizing various topics. We call it open table conversations, and we're here to interview different doctors, experts in this domain, and answer all the questions that you're going to have. Um, hope you enjoy this season, and I hope that you can apply some of the tips and some of the suggestions into your everyday. One, welcome to another episode of our podcast series, um, Open Table Conversations. Today, we have Dr. Saloni Power here with us. Um, Dr. Saloni is a pediatrician and she runs her own practice in Mumbai, in Bandra to be specific. Um, we will be sharing her details later. Today, we're going to be talking about something super, super relevant to the hour and relevant in general. Um, we're going to be talking about the importance of immunization of our children. Um, welcome, Dr. Saloni. How are you doing today? Hi, thank you so much, Karina. I'm doing great. I hope you guys are all safe. Yes, all safe on our end. How about you? All good. Thank you so much. Um, so before we begin, would you like to quickly introduce yourself to our audience? Yeah, sure. So uh, my name is Dr. Saloni Pava. I am a practicing pediatrician. I practice in Bandra, Mumbai. Um, I've been independently practicing for over five years now. Um, I completed my training at uh, BJ Vadia Children's Hospital under uh, Dr. Vaiki Amdekar. And uh, I also have clinical work experience from Johns Hopkins and NYPH Cornell. Um, Pediatrics is a passion more than anything else. So I'm very happy to be here. Thank you for having me and um, ready for your questions. Amazing. Really looking forward to this topic because I think immunization and vaccination in general is a wildly um, debated topic. I think people come from two different schools of thought. Some are in favor, some are completely you know, against it. So I'm excited to get to the basics and understand why it's so important for us to immunize children, why it's so important to make sure our children are vaccinated and you know what the consequences could be. Um, I thought we could maybe start with the basics. Could you tell us a little bit about what immunization is and why is it important in general? Okay, so uh, every country has something called a universal immunization program. Now, this program is designed as per the uh, disease profile that you see uh, in different countries and certain basic illnesses um, that are fatal if they set in, but vaccine preventable, for example, tetanus. Um, so what this program covers is the basic immunization, um, protecting children from diseases that have a high morbidity and mortality rate in the newborn and under five age group. Um, any vaccine, so the vaccines and injections that we give, there are of two types. You can have a live vaccine or an inactivated vaccine. So essentially what it would be, would be introducing antibodies against a particular infection or introducing a um, very subdued form of uh, the virus or the bacteria to kick in your body's own immunity against that infection. Um, 
yes there is a different school of thought for different from different people there are some people who are in favor and some who are not but uh, you know it's it's very important to address this topic is because when we do a universal immunization program what we are addressing is vaccine preventable fatal illnesses so extremely important especially for the pediatric population Dr. Saloni, could you share more on the type of diseases that va- these vaccinations or immunization helps uh, protect children from? Right. So um, every child who's born in India at birth gets a dose of BCG. The BCG vaccine protects against tuberculosis. Um, a oral polio dose, um, which obviously protects against polio, and a hepatitis B injection. Um, then we do a primary series at 6 10 and 14 weeks this is essentially for pneumonia diphtheria pertussis tetanus um rotavirus which is a diarrhea causing virus uh, in children under 5 years of age uh, from that we move on to the 9 month vaccine which is mmr that is measles mumps and rubella and then after one year we do doses we do booster doses and we do doses like typhoid hepatitis chickenpox and multiple other illnesses that are now almost 95 to 100% preventable with vaccination okay amazing and um do these vaccinations have any side effects at all how long do they last and is there anything that a parent needs to be wary of so most side most vaccines are fairly safe they've been in uh, practice for very very long uh, so you know they've been time tested over and over again um vaccines can have some minor side effects like a local reaction at the injection site which could be anything from a little bit of pain to a mild swelling or even redness uh, some vaccines can cause a fever of about 24 to 36 hours um very rarely would you find a severe allergic reaction to a vaccine that would be if a, a child is allergic to a certain component of the vaccine um there are uh, certain myths around a few vaccines like for example you know there's this theory going about that the mmr vaccine is associated with autism uh these are not scientifically proven there is no association between the vaccination and autism um so basically you would go from mild reactions like local side reactions and maybe a mild fever for a day day and a half to you could have allergic reactions in some children um but relatively safe um vaccines that we are using regularly okay understood um and what should a parent do if any of these you know side effects are not mild or more severe or they don't fade away are there any red flags that a parent should look out for and then reach out to their pediatrician right so at your vaccine visit you will be counseled uh, for the basic side effects that you could potentially come across and how to manage them uh, of course if it's anything more than that you must get in touch with your pediatrician um if a child happens to have a severe reaction to a particular kind of vaccine that vaccine is then further contraindicated for that child in fact we even reported back uh, you know as vaccine prophylaxis um the batch is reported etc which vaccine was it which brand was it so there's a proper protocol in place for all of that um so if at any point the side effects go beyond what your doctor has explained to you to get in touch with your doctor immediately understood got it um and another question i actually wanted to ask um is there any particular hygiene protocol that as a parent um you know one should look out for when they get to the pediatrician's clinic in terms of using a new syringe anything else that people should you know make sure that the doctor is doing yeah, so that's actually a really good question um uh, and i'm really happy you asked that because you know not one not a lot of people are aware 
what to look out for you may go to a hospital and be like okay it looks clean and everything but you don't really know what the universal safety precautions are so you don't know what to look out for so yes there are protocols in place uh you would want to make sure that a fresh needle is being used you would want to make sure that the box of the vaccine is open in front of you so that it's a sealed box that's then open in front of you usually your pediatrician would put down the brand name of the vaccine and every vaccine comes with a sticker which has the manufacturing expiry details and the batch number details which should be put on your card um of course you know hand hygiene is very important so the nurse or the uh, assistant who's helping the doctor should follow adequate hand hygiene the doctor themselves should follow adequate hand hygiene uh, the injection site must be disinfected with alcohol or spirit uh, or a disinfectant and then the injection is given so these things are important to look out for keep a watch on what protocol is being followed and definitely ask to see the packaging like make sure it's a sealed packet that's being opened in front of you amazing thank you for sharing um i totally um i think there totally is a slight you know not slight actually a very extreme lack of awareness about these aspects and people just expect um you know the doctor or the nurse that they visit to take care of these things however there may be a chance that you know there may be a certain issue that isn't looked over so it's important to stay aware and you know focus and pay attention to the little things as well um yeah um i wanted to you know talk about the relevance of time um when a baby is born i know a lot of pregnant moms they get these long vaccination checklists and they say at 15 days and 30 days and 3 months and 2 years so what is the importance and is it really time sensitive when you have to vaccinate your baby okay so um see when the baby is born uh, the baby will be given birth doses before discharge from the hospital so that's completely covered uh, the first dose that is given after that is at 6 weeks now your primary series vaccines which is 6 weeks 10 weeks and 14 weeks are important to be done in a timely manner the reason being that your newborn is completely unprotected against tetanus and illnesses like diphtheria pertussis pneumonias etc so we wouldn't recommend postponing those too much um Seven to fifteen day time period. Say there is some reason that you can't make it to the doctor. It's okay, uh, but anything beyond that uh, is not safe for the child. Also, beyond a certain age, you know, you start taking the child out there, then interacting with other people. They are in public places, so they are more exposed to certain illnesses. So they must be covered through vaccination. Uh, that's the first thing. Boosters usually have a timeline. so even if you check your vaccine charts it would say booster dose 18 to 24 months or it would say you know booster dose 4 to 6 years so you have a time period in which you can get it done um couple of months up and down is fine as far as boosters are concerned as far as the other vaccines are concerned for example chickenpox or or typhoid hepatitis etc uh, it's usually done as a two dose schedule or a three dose schedule uh, so again so for example if i have a typhoid vaccine it's two doses one year apart now if you miss the date by 15 days 20 days or a month it's okay but if you're going to miss it by 6 months it you know then you're not going to get the desired effect so the potential of the booster dose and what it does to prime the immunity will obviously go down because of the time lapse so vaccines should be done in a timely manner you do have a leeway period but don't push it too much got it um understood um could you elaborate a little more on you know the consequence on the child's health if you know the vaccine is given too early or too late are there any you know health consequences 
Uh, see, there are certain vaccines that are contraindicated below a certain age. So all the vaccines that are given are uh, in a certain age bracket because as per trial safety protocol, etc., they they have to be given once the child hits a particular age. Um, like say, for example, I will not give a chickenpox vaccine to a child less than one year of age. Um, uh, a lot of it has to do also with the fact that in the first nine to 10 months of life, a lot of the child's immunity comes from the mother's immunity that is transferred through the placenta into the baby. Then yeah. by nine to 10 months of age, that starts cleaning off and the child's immunity takes over. So we wait for a certain time period to introduce certain other vaccines into the picture. So there is a age and a timeline for everything and it must be followed strictly. The guidelines are in place for a reason. Um, uh, also, it depends on the disease profile, depending on the age group. Like, say, for example, I know that a child is prone to measles at about uh, six to 10 months of age. So we do the measles vaccine at the nine month mark. Uh, you know, when the mother's immunity is weaning and the child's immunity is taking over, that's when they're most susceptible. So vaccines are timed accordingly and they have to be given in an age appropriate manner. Okay. Okay, thank you. Um, I wanted to, you know, get into talking about the debate of vaccination versus non-vaccination a little bit. Um, I know there's a lot of talk in the West about your child um, or not vaccinating your child at all. Um, so what are your thoughts on that? And what would you advise people to do? Yeah, so see, we get a lot of this because now, you know, we're, we're in a time period where there the world is such a small place so you know people have relatives everywhere and they're always talking to each other and protocols are different um so the first thing to remember is that you know the united states for example is a first world country we're a third world country um the disease profile you see there versus what you see here is very different so if you're living here you must be protected against the diseases that you're exposed to over here that's number one Secondly, um, you know, like I said, that in any universal immunization program, there are certain vaccine preventable diseases that if they set in, there is no treatment for that. They are fatal. Um, so those must be done. I, in fact, don't personally feel like that should be a debate at all. Because, for example, today if a child gets tetanus, there's no treatment for tetanus. Um, or, but a simple prick can prevent something as dire as tetanus. Um, you know, the fact of the matter is that smallpox has been eradicated through vaccination. Today, India is polio-free because of vaccination. So vaccines definitely work. Um, should you do all of the important ones that fit in the UIP? Yes, you must. If you have a doubt about, say, the optional vaccines, like, for example, um, you know, the influenza vaccine pre-COVID was completely optional and dependent on, like, the child's immunity, how often they fell sick, that can be a debate that, you know, my child doesn't fall sick too often. He may or may not need this vaccination. And it's something you can discuss with your doctor, postpone, or if it's not required, don't do it. But, um, you know, illnesses that would cause very dire consequences if not vaccinated and can be prevented by something as simple as a prick, those should be done. That's important. And remember that it's not the same across the world. So like if, you, if the United States is following a certain protocol, we have many years to go before we can follow that same protocol. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. Um, I do come from that school of thought where I think it's really important to just be precautious. And I'm of yeah. the belief that prevention is always better than cure. And 100%. Yeah. Um, I wanted to also, you know, get into something that you brought up earlier. Um, there has been a lot of conversation myths about vaccinations leading to autism or other mental health disorders, um, especially in the West. Again, um, could you share a little bit more on that and tell us if there is any link or connection at all between the two? 
So the most popular theory that was floated was that the MMR vaccine causes autism. Um, there has there have been multiple trials and studies conducted regarding the same, and there has been no scientific correlation between the MMR vaccine and autism. Um, you know, like I said, there are some very rare, very rarely are there extreme side effects to vaccines, um, but there is no association of mental illnesses with vaccines. That has not been proven and no data has shown that. So uh, these are rumors, these theories, you know, we've in practice had these vaccines for many, many years. The vaccines that we use, uh, whether it's the boosters or, you know, even your typhoid jaundice vaccines or your pneumonia vaccines, etc., have been around for many, many years. Uh, so we have enough data to tabulate and compare and see what kind of reactions we are getting. You know, is there a percentage of the population who's being vaccinated by a certain vaccine, then going on to prospectively develop any mental health issues, etc. And there has been no proven correlation. So no, that is not. Okay. Okay. Understood. Um, I also wanted to ask you a question. It may sound a bit extreme, but you know, are there chances of an outbreak in the world if a large chunk of the population don't get vaccinated, like a mumps or a measles outbreak? Are those the kind of consequences? That Most are definitely, yes. In fact, um, all of like the last year and a half in the pandemic, uh, you know, what happened was that there was a complete break in chain of immunization um, because everyone was isolated and homebound. Um, it was difficult for children to get their vaccines done in a timely manner. And the major worry all of last year and a half for pediatricians, uh, epidemiologists, etc., was that there will be measles outbreaks if the chain of vaccination is broken. There will be pneumonia outbreaks if the chain of vaccination is broken. Now, what happens in India is that a lot of this will end up seeing in the lower socioeconomic strata. Um, the reason being that of course, you know, hygiene issues, nutrition issues, um, immunity issues, and so many other things. So when the outbreak happens and the break of chain happens, we see it more in those strata of society. So, you know, for a lot of people, you don't see the direct impact of it. But a break in chain of vaccination can most definitely cause an outbreak, yes. Okay, that, that was a surprising um answer. Yeah, I wanted to ask you, um, would you say that unvaccinated children could pose as a risk to other people? Yeah, so um, yes, definitely that is a possibility. I'll give you an example. Um, so India was declared polio-free in 2016. April 2016, the country was declared polio-free. Um, massive immunization campaigns run for many, many years and quite a feat that was achieved. But even till today, we have ongoing vaccination. Um, we do the birth doses, we do the ongoing mop-up campaigns, and we also do injectable polio. The reason for this is that our neighboring countries are not polio-free. So polio still exists in Pakistan, it exists in Nepal, it exists in Sri Lanka. So there's always a chance of polio immigrating back into India through the unvaccinated population. So similarly, within the country as well, um, you know, the unvaccinated population is more susceptible to pick up the disease and they can then further spread it um, luckily, because this has been going on for a long time, there's a very, very small percentage of children that are completely unvaccinated. Uh, having said that, if that number goes up, uh, you know, then definitely they pose a threat for diseases coming in as epidemics, outbreaks, etc. Okay, understood. Um, that makes a lot of sense. 
Um, that brings us to my last question. Um, would you have any advice or suggestions for, you know, parents if they're feeling anxious or fearful about vaccinating their kids and any advice for parents on the subject in general? Yeah, sure. So if you're anxious or you have any questions, um, talk to your pediatrician, you know, um, talk mm -hmm. about it, discuss it, take an informed call. It's important to be well informed. It's important to know the pros and cons of what you're getting into. It's okay to have a very open discussion with your doctor and say that you're not comfortable with something or, you know, what is the reason for your anxiety? Um, are you afraid of side effects? Whatever it is your concern is. Um, and it will 100% be addressed. You know, that is the job of a pediatrician to, to sit you down and explain to you what's required for your child and what's not. And it should always be an integrated approach between the parent and the doctor. It's never like one way or the other. It's important for everybody to be on board. It's important for everybody to be comfortable with what's being done. It's important for everyone to understand why you're doing what you're doing. You know, so find a doctor who will give you the time ask your questions as many as they are. In fact, go and prepare. In fact, uh, go and prepare for your appointments. It's okay to make a list of questions and, you know, get everything answered till you are satisfied so that you know that what you're doing is right for your child. Um, more often than not, all your doubts, the moment you get them answered, you will feel a lot better about, you know, going in and doing the vaccine or even taking a medicine or a line of treatment, etc. So make your pediatrician your friend, I guess. I absolutely agree. And I think just awareness and education is the first step because you know all your options, like you said, you know, the pros and cons. And yeah. once you know the information, something that once seemed so scary doesn't seem that intimidating anymore. Um, yeah. So I absolutely agree. And I think reaching I out to add a disclaimer here is that don't get this information on Google. Google yes. has all sorts of scary things to say. So get it from a certified professional or your doctor. <laughs> I absolutely. Google has too much information and none of which is verified. Um, yeah. So I fully agree. Um, but I think just the fact of educating yourself is your first step towards feeling less scared or anxious about something, whether it's immunization or anything else. Um, I wanted to just say a big, big thank you for your time. I know how busy you are, um, but all your valuable inputs, I'm sure are going to help so many of our users and listeners and so many people. Thank you so much and looking forward to working together as well. Thank you, Karina. I hope this really helped and happy to do this again anytime. Thank you so much, Doctor, our expert of the day. I hope you got some questions answered and I hope you got some tips or advice that you can apply to your everyday life. I wanted to take a moment to remind you that your pregnancy or parenthood journey is unique and you should never compare yourself or your experiences to anyone else. Um, I just wanted to make sure you guys are staying safe and still wearing your masks. As things open up worldwide, um, we should still maintain precaution. Uh, we have a bunch of articles and guides for you on our Baby Space website that you can check out from tips on hygiene and safety to COVID protocol. You can definitely find something useful that you can apply to your life. Also wanted to quickly remind you guys to like and subscribe to our podcast and please share our link with anyone you think would find this helpful. Please join our community. We have so much exciting stuff in store for you guys. See you.